0: Chapter 33 Anticipation filled the air on the day following Bailey's capture. A momentous gathering was held in the Anvok's immense illuminated cavern. Lowenval and the three elders of the host clan sat in the center of a circle on the burnished floor. Seated around them were magicians and elders from four neighboring clans. As honored guests, Till and the traveling party sat beyond the visiting dignitaries. Beyond them were many members of the Anvok clan. Two Kaboon, Grizzly Bear Island, reclined near pools of steaming water. The Anvok leaders were clothed as Spekarin had never seen them. Instead of loose-fitting dark garments, they wore snug, bright yellow outfits, and around their heads were brown turbans. Their formal attire, chuckled Spekarin. The magician counted twenty-eight visitors from the four neighboring clans, clad as colourfully as any Kirin he'd seen since the stole faction near the Hanging Stones in England. Each clan's representative, male and female, sat together and wore garments of the same color. One clan wore crimson, another cobalt blue, a third emerald green, and the fourth gold. A spectacle to behold, noted Speckerin, and each delegate wore a turban. All feet were bare. The atmosphere was festive, circus-like, Rumors rampant about why the meeting had been called, the participants chatting anxiously with one another, waiting for it to begin. Spread out and stationed against the walls were the sentinels evident at yesterday's gathering. After the meeting, Speckerin had questioned Crooksfell. "'Where are these guards from? Appearing out of nowhere. They're here, of course, because of the human.' "'No militia in your land?' asked Crooksfell. "'Militia?' A company of young Kierans, male and female, from surrounding clans who can be called into action at a moment's notice. Intended as defenders. If necessary, they can be aggressors. Chasing away creatures, invading our sanctuaries, and making pests of themselves. Obviously, our militia has never been employed for anything like this. Spekarin stared at them. We have nothing like it but could have used them three years ago when we were besieged by Grunhams. The visiting dignitaries knew all about the travelers. Kieran's everywhere did. They were a celebrated and revered lot, but the majority of the visitors had never met them. Gingol stood up. Speaking in Ruvan, he introduced the voyagers one by one, and they received hearty applause, Jilin especially for his role in rescuing Till. Asked to tell about the expedition to the Hanging Stones, Speckerin gave a brief summation, the audience listening intently. Now on to business, said Gingol. He gestured to Crooksfell, who rose to his feet. The purpose of this meeting is to ask for advice. You've heard about the human capturing our lad Till, and that same human's encounter with the visiting magician from afar. He nodded towards Speckerin. He lowered his voice. The human is here. In our deep caverns below. He raised his voice. And is still the size the magician made him, no larger than us. The audience sat in stunned silence. Our quandary, continued Crooksfell, is what to do with him. It's anything but a simple matter. We asked you here to find out whether anyone has knowledge about the shrinkage of humans, then making them large again. Murmurs ran through the crowd. Glancing at one another, the guests shook their heads. A wizened Kirin in shimmering blue attire and a yellow turban began getting to his feet. Others of his contingent tried to help him, but he refused and soon was standing on his own. Earlier, when the delegations were taking their places, Spekarin had noted he was afforded special attention. He bowed to Spekarin. I'm Saggy, he said in a wavering voice, eyes sparkling. Wizard to the Andor clan. We've heard of your encounter with the human. It appears we might be asked to pass judgment or make a recommendation. Before that, I would like to hear what happened and why from the one who made him small. Nods and whispers of agreement came from all around. Standing up, Speckerin told of Bailey's aggression against Eric, of the ancient crisis stone and the spell in three stages. I do not know how to reverse it, he said in conclusion, nor am I convinced it should be. He sat down. Loenval had been waiting for the right moment. Red in the face, he stood up. This humans committed heinous acts, including kidnapping, torture, imprisonment, and forcing his villainous will upon two innocent Kierens. Only the severest punishment would befit his crimes. Frowning, Sagi gazed at him. What punishment might that be? Death, stated Loenval, staring about at the visiting elite. Glancing at one another, they were silent. A bit premature to come to that conclusion, rasped Sagi, but hardly surprising when it comes from you. Another dignitary rose ponderously to his feet. When his delegation had entered, Spekarin and his party tried not to stare but these individuals exhibited a rare trait in Kieran's, and never before seen by the Voyagers. Plain and simply, they were fat. Though trying not to look at them, Speckerin couldn't help noticing they were staring unabashedly at him. At the moment, he had no notion why. When he found out later, he was flabbergasted. Three were male and two female. They wore voluminous crimson costumes and white turbans. The one standing smiled at Spekarin through a black mustache. I'm Opadacus, chief minister of the Kaskadan clan. He extended a hand toward his delegation. These are my alternate ministers. Chief minister, thought Spekarin. Alternate ministers? He noted that the chief minister had the fullest figure of all. Opadacus glared at Loenval. I concur with my revered colleague, Sagi. We needn't leap to conclusions. Life's at stake here. The minister was serious indeed now, but Spekarin had noted earlier that he and his associates were less somber and more outgoing than those from other clans, almost jolly, their personalities corresponding with their bright attire. Opadakis went on. Would it be possible to, uh, see the human? Loenval frowned. I'm afraid not. He's imprisoned in the deepest caverns. We walked a great distance to get here, said Gurmat of the Urset clan in emerald green. We're healthy and strong. Putting a hand on his thigh, he squeezed it. I don't mind going a little further. Too many of you, said Loenval. You'd clog the passageways. Bring him up, said Gurmat. Let's look at him. Loenval shook his head. It would take too long. We can wait, said Germat, crossing his arms. How can we offer advice without laying eyes on him? You do not need to see him to do that, said Loenvall. It would be tricky. He might get away. Germat glanced about. With all these sentinels? No reason they shouldn't see him, said Crooksfell. Gingol and Alam agreed. So be it, Lowenval croaked, signaling to the guards against the walls. One strode to him. Bring the prisoner up, he said. The sentinel signaled to his comrades. He and three others marched toward the waterfall and disappeared behind it. Crooksfell has suggested, said Alam. The seer of Saron might be helpful in this matter. Who knows where she lives, said Sagi. She's a recluse and, if alive, older than I am. Her great-granddaughter is a member of our clan, said Crooksfell, and says she can lead us to her. Fortunate, said Opadacus. The seer's advice would be invaluable, said Saggy. Though wishing to protest, Loenval held his tongue, intimidated by the dignitaries. The discussion continued, but all heads turned when movement appeared near the waterfall. The human had arrived, surrounded closely by eight guardsmen with weapons. As they came closer, the visitors could see blood above Bailey's eye and more on his coat. A tense Bailey, taking in everything, wondered whether this was to be his tribunal. "'He's been injured,' said Saggy. "'What is the meaning of this?' As the approaching party got to the circle, the Anvokes and dignitaries parted. The tightly packed company proceeded through their ranks to the center. Loenval was furious. The last thing he wanted was for the prisoner to gain sympathy. He glared at the guards. How did these injuries occur? He tried to get away, said one. We captured him. He was wounded in the process. Loenval sensed a unique opportunity. Calling Till and Jilin forward, he asked Jilin to translate with his calamar. Then, raising an arm and staring at the delegations one by one, he put his other hand on Till's shoulder and spoke in a low voice. These two lads, these two brave lads, Anvoke and Visitor, have been through torment and returned to tell about it. He turned to Bailey. Who was at the center of this madness? only one, the villain who stands before you. He patted Till on the shoulder. Kidnapping and imprisoning this lad, he forced him to do loathsome acts and nearly murdered a human and our visiting magician, Speckerin. He raised his voice. Shrunken because of abhorrent behavior. He doesn't deserve to survive. His voice became soft. Fate brought him here. Will we squander the opportunity for justice? He smiled. The sentry said he tried to get away and was wounded. He exploded. Would that these wounds were even more injurious! But we hold the power now! His voice trailed off. He folded his hands and was quiet. The audience was riveted. Many had never seen a human and this performance was not to be forgotten. Bailey understood everything. I apologized yesterday, he said, for what I did to tell. I, I am sorry, and uh, I've changed my ways. I don't know who all of you are or why you're here, but uh, if made normal, I will never harm a Kieran again. He brushed blood from his eye, but though no one could see it, No tear mingled with that blood. Sagi spoke again. Send for the seer of Saron!